Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. And welcome to The Real Deal, Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I'm thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I'm always in the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And i got to tell you, today's show is a winner. I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that and done it for real. I'm excited to pick her brain for your benefit today. So for the folks who I work with any of my coaching programs, my mastermind group, or through Powerful Words Character Development, Silverman Consulting, or the Seven Figure Formula Group, you know how much I focus on the importance of developing powerful leadership, right? Well, the show is going to help us to do just that. So today it's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. She's got a ton of valuable information as well as a fun way to deliver it. So I want you to strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. Now, I have seen her rock the stage for years now. And I got to tell you, folks, you're in for a treat. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. Let's face it, folks. We only get one ride on this merry-go-round. Let's make sure it's one hell of a ride, shall we? Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So, before we officially get going, let me give you a little background about our special guest expert today. Kelly Murray Grace is sixth degree black belt in Ishinru Karate and has been a force in the martial arts industry for over 20 years. She's the former director of franchise training for I Love Kickboxing, a multi-million dollar franchise concept that she helped to grow from the beginning. Kelly is now a leadership and confidence coach specializing in helping individuals and CEOs level up their influence and create infrastructures that help generate massive success. Kelly and her husband, Chris, who's a business consultant for the fitness industry, also hold high-level confidence-building interactive on-site workshops and trainings that help business owners learn the skills to properly lead and manage their teams. She shared the stage as a speaker with masterminds and entrepreneurs like Damon John, J.P. Sears, Grant Cardone, Joe Polish, Mike Burnoff, Bedros Cooley, and Cameron Harold, Sean Stevenson, Jesse Itzler, and more. You can find Kelly speaking at Cause Talks and Cozumel in February and the Martial Arts Super Show in July. Kelly, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Ah, I am thrilled to have you here as well. So listen, before we officially get started, for those who haven't had the opportunity and pleasure of either meeting you or hearing you speak, take a second, if you would, share your story with our listeners. You know, what are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Kelly? <laughs> Great question, and thank you so much for the lovely intro. Uh, very kind of you. Uh, so my name is Kelly, and I am a leadership and confidence coach. As you mentioned, uh, my background is in martial arts, so I started training when I was just three years old. And my parents are both martial artists. That's what they do for a living. Even still, they have uh, three martial arts schools in upstate New York, very successful. And I grew up in the dojo. So I attribute a lot of who I am and a lot of the success that I've had over the years to that fundamental training, 
and being in the dojo uh, when I was a very young child just taught me life skills that I could probably have never gotten anywhere else. So I'm super grateful for that uh, education and experience. I made my black belt when I was just nine years old, and um, I was certainly a very passionate child growing up, but I didn't love martial arts initially, believe it or not. Hmm. <laughs> it was uh, something that was really sort of forced on me. Um, and at the time, I, I didn't understand why, but now, as I mentioned, super grateful. And I grew up helping my father's business and stayed here in Rochester for a while to do that and eventually decided that I needed to go to New York City and pursue sort of the other passionate side of me, which was singing, dancing, acting, being on stage. Um, and when I did that, I realized quickly that everybody else in the world that had an inch of talent was also going to New York City to pursue <laughs> that dream. And I had to find other ways to just survive. I had a um, personal training background, and I decided to pursue fitness. So I did start working at a CrossFit gym. I was nannying. I was sort of doing a lot of different things to help um, survive in that big city. And I ended up uh, falling across an ad for a kickboxing instructor and was hired at I Love Kickboxing um, initially just as an instructor and sort of fell in love with the concept, fell in love with the vision, and soon started overseeing all of the corporate locations. As that business began to grow into a franchise, um, I was moved into a corporate position there and eventually promoted as the director of franchise training, where I really helped all of the owners and management teams learn this business and train their teams. So I've had a lot of experience with setting up curriculum, setting up systems, making sure they're replicatable, and making sure that people are well-trained so that they can deliver the very best experience for their members. Um, and now I've, I've sort of moved that experience into my own business. Um, it is more generalized leadership and confidence, and the reason that I feel that's my strong suit is I think those things are very much intertwined. I think to be a great leader, you really have to be a great you, and that takes an awful lot of confidence. Um, so I am currently um, pursuing that in my own business with my husband, Chris, and we recently moved to Costa Rica, and life is good. I think that that catches us up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Talk about been there and done that. I I love <laughs> the fact that you know you've got such a varied past of, of real experiences. Not just oh, I worked in a cubicle for a little while and I kind of bounced around a day. Like you actually did so many different things that actually are leading to you know just a fantastic end result. So that's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's been an awesome ride. I'm so grateful for for all of those experiences that you know, good and bad, that have pushed me to be where, I'm, where I am now. Fabulous. I mean, those, usually it's those, uh, all the experiences make us who we are. So tell me, um, tell me this, you know, just from, from what you're already seeing um, and what you've experienced personally, how do you feel most people approach leadership? Um, and, and really, why is it that ongoing struggle for so many owners? Yeah, you know, I think just because you're a CEO, it doesn't make you a great leader. So I'll start with that. And it's a skill set that you need to work at. So I think um, when people decide that they're going to open their own business and obviously a team that's crucial to supporting that business, uh, there needs to be some attention to that particular skill set. Just because you're a great martial artist, just because you're a fantastic yogi, doesn't mean that you're going to be a great leader. So um, I would say that a lot of 
of my experience has been with CEOs that try to focus on changing other people as opposed to focusing inward on how they can level up themselves. And, you know, leadership is, is about being a, the type of person that other people want to follow. So when you ask yourself questions, am I a person um, that inspires others? Do my, does my lifestyle influence other people? Do I have uh, actions that align with my core values? Am I living in integrity with my purpose? Those are the types of, of questions that I think CEOs can ask themselves to make sure that they are doing the appropriate work to be a better leader. So um, communication is a big one that people struggle with. You know, humans are challenging. We are dynamic. We're not static creatures. So there is no one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to leadership. Uh, communication is usually a huge area of weakness um, for CEOs, understanding our employees on a personal level, and really just practicing their own habits that keep them in line with their mission. I love that. I absolutely love that. Now, I, you've touched on, on on a bit of this, but how would you say, you know, if we're going to look inward, how yeah. can somebody recognize if they themselves already have what it takes to be a good leader? Like, what are those those key ingredients they should be looking for? Yeah, I think first first of all is being honest with yourself and not letting it, you know, get you down if you feel as though you don't quite have all of this stuff together yet because as I said it's a skill it is something that you can practice and work on you just have to be open to it so first and foremost giving yourself an honest assessment um, is important and I think a lot of people and, and dare I say a lot of martial artists have this beautiful thing called an ego which really serves us in a lot of ways and sometimes it can be a little bit of a roadblock for us um, and, and perhaps CEOs in general tend to have, regardless of, of the type of business, they have this ego that drives them to want to be uh, successful and to want to be um, in a position of authority, which is great. However, it is also important that we set it aside to do that personal work. So I would say the first thing is really clear mission, really understanding what it is that your why is. And if you're not sure what that is, then other people will not work hard for you and drive their path towards your mission either. Um, I would also say a lot of CEOs, which may surprise you, maybe not, um, they don't understand their own business. So fundamentally speaking, they, they have a lot of gaps when it comes to knowing and understanding their systems, their processes, um, and then they expect other people to perform when they themselves are not they're not educated enough on those systems and processes. Um, so it's a little bit hypocritical. I would also say a lot of CEOs are very reactive, which I think is a, a downfall for a lot of people, is, is not being able to not be emotional about the decisions for your business is very important. As an employee, we need to look at our, our CEO, our leader, as someone who is very grounded. And we don't want to follow someone who's afraid or who's scared or who's showing that sort of... Um, you know, sure, be vulnerable, but don't let us feel like you're stressed out all the time because that's not something that we're going to want to get behind. And that stress part of the business, it has to be something that you're, you're good at dealing with. So have some tools and resources that you can use because business is stressful. Owning a business is stressful. There's going to be ups and downs. And if you're the type of person who's really not good at handling that stress, then you're not going to make a great leader. Um, finally, I would say 
you know, hire out. If you are not a great people person, which again, maybe you're a fantastic martial artist, doesn't make you a great leader. Find someone who can manage your employees that really will take on that role and will be good at that job so that you are utilizing your strengths where you are needed as the CEO, as the visionary, and allow someone else to sort of handle the, the people part of your business. I love that. that, that that's, you basically just did a, a master class in, uh, in, in, in introspection for a CEO. I think that's, that's outstanding. I want to, I want to go a little bit lower. So okay. after we go straight from our, our CEO as a leader, mm-hmm. let's talk about management because, yeah. you know, listen, I work with owners all day long in every after school activity industry and the problems they face are universal. Mm-hmm. Um, most are just horrific managers, like and horrific <laughs> is being kind. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, um, are the essential pillars for like a good management structure? I think, I don't know if you agree and maybe I'm a little biased because this is my background, but I feel like management is one of the hardest jobs in the world. It's, it's just this balancing act of, um, overseeing someone's business, right. Or potentially your own. Um, so there's a lot of pressure and stress that comes with that, but also this very, um, human, component to leading people and and directing people. And, and obviously that is challenging in and of itself. So there's this balancing act of, of being, um, compassionate and empathetic towards the human side, but also not being again, reactive or emotional. So that in and of itself is a sort of a huge practice is learning that balancing act. But more importantly, um, I feel managers need to be teachers first. And if we approached management, like we do, teaching our students, teaching our members, um, then I think we would have more success with our management skills. And I think that the problem lies in people's expectations and there, there's not enough teaching or explaining or practicing happening that people can actually feel successful and proud of their work. So for me, the, the pillars of management revolve around um, really strong training from the beginning and making sure that people are really well um, versed in their job. Um, and if that means that we take a little bit more time to train them, I, I think it's crazy that sometimes training a new employee is like just a couple of weeks. And when we think about the things that we're really good at, so it took me six years to get my black belt. Um, it took me, you know, five, six years to, to learn how to play the piano and even longer to, to maybe master some of those things, if I dare say that I, I have. So to be able to, to assume that someone can master their job in just a couple of weeks is it's a, an unreasonable ask. And then what happens is sort of this this snowball effect. So I'm not properly trained as an employee and then my work is poor. And so I'm constantly getting feedback that's not necessarily positive. It's, it's sort of a negative overtone, and I'm, I'm never really reaching my potential as an employee, so I never feel successful. I never feel proud of my work, and that's just not a good feeling experience, so I end up quitting. Um, so I think management needs to be approached just like we teach our students on the mat. There needs to be a great curriculum, lots of practice, lots of role play, practice some more, more role play, and then a, an overseeing, an opportunity for us to continuously train and educate and keep getting them better as employees, as people. Um, and those are some things that I find to be sort of on the weaker side of, of some managers. 
Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. So many folks in the after-school world will talk about, well, what we do changes lives, and yet forget that they're really there also to change the lives of their first client, who's their staff. 100%. Yep. So without that, that, that really does pr- create a challenge. So I, I, I love that. Now, one challenge I've heard, gosh, on... <laughs> If I've heard it once, I've heard it a thousand times. You know, Jason, nobody cares as much as me. My staff is just there to get a paycheck. Um, <laughs> you know, do you? Uh, it's kind of a loaded question because I know you do. So, how <laughs> how do you get your employees to you know care more, you know, give a crap, work harder, and really build that entrepreneurial spirit of owning their job? Great question. Probably one of the most common questions that I get. (laughs) Um, I bet. And I would say first and foremost, like if we could all adjust the expectation that no one is ever going to work as hard as you on your business, if we could embrace that and really, you know, make that uh, something that we that we sort of take on as as the the truth of the matter, and stop trying to get other people to care like we do. That would be a helpful starting point just to adjust our, our expectations. Um, but it is obviously true that employees are going to work as hard as, you know, we, we train them to. So I think a lot of it, again, goes back to that beginning point, you know, how we start is how we stay type of thing. And if we're not really getting that great training in the beginning, we never really truly feel successful. So definitely that. Um, I think ongoing training is, is an, a missed opportunity for us as well. We, send, we tend to like put a lot of our effort into our members and into our students, and we forget that our employees need to keep growing. They need to keep um, expanding. They need to feel as though there are more opportunities for them. Um, they need to feel like there's a path to something greater, something bigger. doesn't always mean they have to make more money, but that can help too. So I would also maybe ask myself, am I truly paying what this person is worth? Am I asking them to do a job that I'm valuing monetarily correctly? Because a lot of times we're expecting someone who's getting paid $10 an hour to do the job of someone who, you know, normally would be paid a lot higher. So really ask yourself if if the work that I'm asking my employees to produce is in line with the level of pay that I'm providing. I think a lot of us will, will say, well, that's what I can afford, but it doesn't answer the question. So be honest with yourself about that. And also, um, as far as taking on this ownership type mentality, work with your team on those particular skills. So we we tend to focus our our time with our employees on tasks that are related to this job or this brand or this specific job description. But employees want to be better at life, too. So just like we work on personal development with our students and our members, we need to do the same with our employees. So we need to bring them in on a personal level and help them with things like money management or how to get other things in life that they're really passionate and excited about. Maybe it's it's bringing them to seminars, bringing them to workshops, um, letting them attend a mastermind with you, letting them, um, you know, work with a coach. You know, those things that you all probably do as CEOs and uh, are willing to invest in yourself to level up and, and take those types of of opportunities, your staff, whom you want to have the same mindset, need those things too. They're not going to get there just like you didn't get there when you didn't have those opportunities either. So, you know, we don't know what we don't know, and it's important to continuously invest in your team. 
I love that. Love that. I really do. I mean, I feel like when I think back to being a new owner, I truly only focused on, okay, I need your job to do just this thing and never really even showing what was next or what the mm-hmm. opportunity was. So, gosh, why was I surprised when they left? <laughs> Well, why do you think it, why do you think for owners, sorry to turn the tables on you, but why, why do you think for owners it's so scary to do that to let their staff in? Well, you know, first of all, more often than not, they don't know, they don't actually have a direct and clear path to that next yeah. step. Um, they've not sat down and really crafted out their organizational strategy so they know not just what their current org chart looks like, but what their future org chart's going to look like. Exactly. Yeah. I think without that, but, I mean, I, I think this is brilliant, though, to be able to take some time, you know, on a regular basis and educate somebody and really groom them to that next step and groom them to the wanting to go to the next step. Yes. Yep. Train because up. That's what we, we call it in my neck of the woods. Let's always train our employees to the next level. So once they've mastered, you know, instructor level, so to speak, let's get them geared up for management. Let's get them geared up for entrepreneurship. And Maybe they never actually reach those those milestones personally, but having those skill sets and, and working with your staff is only going to make them more productive and more valuable for you. Well, just think what it does for the people training them. Absolutely. Right? I mean, the solidification of those skills, you 100%. know, and that, that constant shining of the headlights on, well, this is the current system we're using. Well, whether or not somebody thinks, well, this system is bullshit, um, <laughs> maybe it's, okay, well, we need to tweak that. Because even though the script says this, nobody here does that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. And so, that's why I said mentioned earlier, like a lot of owners are not in the loop on their systems and processes as much as they need to be. And um, it's a problem because we're expecting work that we don't understand. And teaching and constantly being involved in that progression it's like when I first started teaching martial arts, I knew my katas better than I ever did when I was just a student. <laughs> right, because you also had to explain them. Yes, exactly. Yep. Well, you know, it's you know, you want to learn and teach. So I think that's brilliant. So I, I have a question for you uh, that I hope will be taken the right way. So <laughs> many of my um, so many of my listeners, so many of my clients are female. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never been a female. <laughs> so <laughs> what are some challenges that you face as a female in what many would consider to be a male-dominated industry? Yeah. So, um, you know, growing up, training around mostly boys and men, when I was young, when I was taking martial arts as a young child, there were not a lot of females in the in the industry, in the, in the art. Um, so it was sort of a a mindset I didn't become aware of until much older. I didn't know there was a difference. I didn't get different treatment. I didn't get anything, you know, nothing came easier for me because I was a girl. I didn't get special, you know, attention or treatment. I wasn't allowed to not do push-ups on the hardwood floor on my knuckles because of my little tiny fragile hands. I mean, there was none of that. It was the same treatment. So I think what was helpful for me is that I never let that bias creep into my own mindset. I never felt as though there was a difference and that helped me to continue to sort of work hard regardless of, of maybe the existing bias that, that was out there. Certainly with credibility, I think sometimes it creeps in. Um, there were many times when men would walk into the martial arts school and, and say, well, what's this young female going to teach me kind of thing. 
Um, but real quickly, we were able to show them that. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that works. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that was that was good for me as a female because it it allowed me to prove to myself that I always could do everything that the boys could do. I mean, I fought in the men's division all the time and won. So it gave me an opportunity to show myself as well as hopefully other women that, you know, there isn't a difference or there doesn't need to be. And of course there are biological differences and we could probably get into a whole different conversation about that. But the, the training that I had gave me mental fortitude. It gave me grit. It forced me to be stronger uh, because I had to keep getting up after getting kicked in the solar plex and falling down. Uh, so as a female in this industry, that alone has given me such a, a an advantage because I think a lot of females grew up thinking there was a difference or maybe feeling that there was. And I just didn't have that mindset. It was just there was no bias there for me. Um, I think as I got older and into the workforce, I faced a certain amount of, of discrimination. And again, having the confidence to speak up for myself and say, hey, I deserve to be paid as much as a guy does. I deserve to, you know, I'm doing doing quality work. Let's base my value on that and not my gender. So I, I had a voice and I wasn't afraid to use it. And, and that's because I grew up around such strong um, people in my life. I won't just say men, strong people. Um, so if anything, I think being a female has given me an edge because it's it's forced me to step up in a bigger way and, and, and make sure that I'm shining my light as bright as I can so that other women feel empowered to do the same. I think that's great. And quite honestly, as, as females within um, whichever industry you're, you're listening from, all those little eyes are watching you every single day. You know, all those kids in class, I mean, I was speaking to one of my clients earlier today. She's got 1,600 gymnasts at her gym. Well, wow. and I'm guessing most of them are girls. So what a great example to set, to be wildly successful, to be kind, to be strong, you know, to be all the things that we want them to be. Yes. And yeah, I mean, let's face it, girls and women, we, we have our own set of strengths and we should be encouraged to use them and let them come to the forefront and not be afraid because we're female that they're not going to measure up. So super important to continue to lead the way in that, in that regard. I love that. So the, here's, here's something I want to kind of delve into. I, I was watching this on Facebook as it happened. Um, <laughs> I kept getting notifications that you were selling couch, you were selling this, <laughs> I was like, this woman is selling all of her crap. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. What, what is she like? And I get the whole minimization thing. And right now we're all watching the whole uh, Marie Kondo um, <laughs> sell all Pro your weapon. stuff. Yeah. Right. Now, you sold all your stuff to move to Costa Rica, right? So what would you, I mean, first of all, that is just balls of steel. <laughs> I, I think that's amazing. What what advice would you give to somebody who wants to take a giant leap like that, but hasn't the foggiest idea where to start? Good question. Um, you know, for me, having that freedom and detaching from my material things was, was a really important step um, in my life. And so it was something that I really looked at my core values. And so I would encourage you if this is maybe you're not planning on selling all your things or moving to a different country, but if you've got something that's sort of burning in your heart and you're not sure where to go and you just know that there's this fire in there that's, that's maybe pulling you in a, in a different direction or in a new direction or is 
kind of encouraging you to expand or step out onto your edge, I would say um, f- go back to your core values. What are the things that you really hold dear as far as your lifestyle is concerned? What are the things that matter to you? Is it freedom? Is it quality time with family and friends? Is it, you know, um, financial freedom? Is it abundance and wealth? Figure out what those things are and then align your actions with those things. Really take an assessment and some inventory and what you are spending your time on now, what you are spending your money on now and do those things match up. And if not, then you've got to start putting your core values first and staying true to that mission that you create and making sure that all of your choices are in alignment to that path. And for me, yeah, it was hard to to sell all of my things because I worked really hard. I, I worked for seven, eight years to live in Manhattan, to have a luxury apartment, to have a beautiful view of the Manhattan skyline, to let all of those things go to pursue something higher than that dream, that was part of the vision. That was what had to happen. So I wasn't scared to do it because I was so closely focused on my what I wanted out of my life. And I knew that I had to do those things in order to get there. Um, yeah, totally so, makes yeah. sense. I mean, this is really just the, the contextual congruence with your life plan. Yes. Yep. Exactly. And you've got to make sacrifices sometimes. So you know, what's more important to you, your couch or being able to work at the beach? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And raise your, and raise your, and raise your child the way you want to. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And that's a huge part too, is I, once I, you know, got pregnant, a, a lot changed in my, in my life as far as what I wanted out of it. So I did look at things differently and that's, that's a great point is Ryder was certainly the catalyst for a, a, a big part of my change. Well, and of course, because now it's it's not just about you know what's in it for your strategic objective. It's what's the objective for my 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 nuclear family. Yes. Yep. That's, and you guys are such a great model for me, and I really appreciate all the work that you do and your family, and your wife, and just it's it's awesome to have the role models that I can look to. Because although I'm maybe very confident in the leadership area, parenting while very similar, is still new to me. So it's wonderful to have positive role models and, and an inspiration in that lane. So thank you. Well, thank you for saying so. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. It's that battle. Um, I strap on the white belt every morning. <laughs> and I just wonder. Um, I'm never even getting a stripe. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's truly unbelievable. But um, you know what? At the end of the day, um, we'll, we'll get to that black belt level. And most importantly... What that means is, is my kids get the kind of the advantage to be able to achieve what they want. So yeah. it's, uh, it's important. So in any case, it's time for our resource of the week. So tell me this, you know, how can my listeners find out more about you, find out more about, you know, how you're helping entrepreneurs to become the leaders that their businesses need? So um, you can find more information about my programs and services on my website, which is kellymurrayleadershipcoaching.com. Um, but really, to get in touch with me, just jump over on my Facebook page, which is Kelly Murray Leadership and Confidence Coaching, and you can shoot me a message directly through Facebook. I do offer uh, some courses through the Teachable platform, and I'll be designing more of those this year. I'm speaking at a few events, as you mentioned earlier, and um, I'm primarily working with private clients, but we also do um, some site visit work. So if you're interested in having us to your location to work with your teams, 
we're definitely open to that as well. That sounds absolutely brilliant. I mean, everything that I've seen you put out, everything from the first time I saw you walk on stage um, at MAPS and listen to what you had to say, um, I'm a fan. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's, you know, folks, what a great opportunity um, to really, if if you're missing that component, you know, we talk about leadership as being one of the seven disciplines. If you're not at that pinnacle, in your business where you feel 100% confident, 100% comfortable being the leader your business needs. Well, what a great opportunity, you know, jump on to whether it's Kelly Murray leadership coaching.com or find Kelly on Facebook, strike up a conversation and find out what's going to best serve you. What's going to best serve your business to get you to the level you want to be at. And who knows, Maybe she helps you get to the point where you move in next door to her in Costa Rica. So <laughs> that's the plan. Everybody is welcome to come visit us. We can, we could even do workshops on the beach in Costa Rica if that interests you. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So I always like to uh, to end my podcast my podcast with one uh, what I consider to be a telling question. So if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or probably more importantly, help them to live a better life. What would that one piece of advice be? Oh boy. Uh, just one piece. I would say get feedback from the people that you serve often. Be open to real honest feedback from the people that you're trying to lead and serve, whether it's even, even in your family, whether it's your significant other, your best friends, be open to their feedback and really listen. I love that. Again, there's no, uh, there's no fixing it without knowing about it. Yeah. That's brilliant. All right, Kelly, well, thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is and, uh, I truly appreciate you joining me today and spending some of your time and a whole bunch of wisdom. This has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome to chat with you. Super fun. Absolutely. I agree. Folks, that is all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning into The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or to see if you'd benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.